that makes the devil mad. And I want you to make this confession with me. Say it out loud. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. And I do what it tells me to do. And I love my Bible. So I make this as a confession that I will meditate therein both day and night on a chapter in the morning and a chapter in the evening, Monday through Friday. And because I do, my life is blessed. It's no more a mess. Now everything I touch, everything I touch now turns to success. If you believe that, shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you again for another opportunity to be in your presence. You said in your word where two or three are gathered together that you are here in our midst. And so we welcome you, sir. And we believe that in this time that you would take to speak into our hearts. You know right where we are. You know what we need even before we ask you. Help us, Lord. Give us something that puts us on that path to the better life that we believe that you have for us than the one that we've been living. Give me utterance in the Holy Spirit that I might speak exactly what we need to hear. Let it be your words and not my words. Lord, I decrease that you might increase through me. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. God bless you and you may be seated. If you would open with me in your Bible and for those that are joining us uh, live by Facebook, we welcome you. We're so glad that you are here. And we encourage you don't allow any distractions to keep you from uh, what God has for you. We believe that you're connected with us just the same. Amen. Amen. We've been on a series for the past three weeks, and this is the fourth part of a series that we call Like Jonah. And in this series of teaching, we're trying to find, is there anything in our lives that's like Jonah? We know Jonah is that prophet. It's just a small book in the Bible, but it's about a prophet of God who ended up being swallowed by a great fish. And some think of well, but the Bible says a great fish. I can tell you one thing, it was big enough to hold a man. And he lived inside of that fish. God kept him alive in that bad situation that was brought about by his own disobedience, kept him alive long enough for him to turn his heart to God. He prayed to the God inside the belly of this fish. I mean, this, I have no other knowledge of any human being ever being able to live inside of an animal for three days and come out alive. But even Jesus talked about Jonah, just like Jonah was in the belly of a whale, belly of a fish, for three days and three nights, so the Son of Man would be in the earth for three days and three nights, and he came out alive. Well, sure enough, after three days, he turned his heart to God, God spoke to that fish, and the fish spit him out on dry land. He didn't even have to swim. Come on. Well, the point is this. Is there any of us, anything in our lives, just like Jonah, where God came to us, told us to do something, and we went in the opposite direction of what he said or his will for our lives. Or are we experiencing rough times and bad times in our life 
because we're not where we're supposed to be. God told him to go to Nineveh. He went to Tarshish, which is in the opposite direction from geographical standpoint. Maybe the tough financial time that you're enduring in life right now is because you're not where you're supposed to be. Maybe that tough situation that you haven't been able to get over in relationship is because you're going opposite from God's direction in your life. Amen. And so as we continue in this series today, we want to look inside. Is there anything in this message today that I can identify with like Jonah? So we're in Jonah chapter 4 today, so let's read. Jonah 4 and verse 1, it says this. It it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became angry. So he prayed to the Lord and said, Ah, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? That's why I fled previously to Tarshish. For I know that you are a gracious and a merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Therefore, now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Then the Lord said, is it right for you to be angry? I'm going to talk to you about this just for a moment, just to understand the context. Just in case you missed Jonah 1, 2, and 3. In Jonah chapter 3, he obeyed God, went to Nineveh, said what he was supposed to say, did what he was supposed to do. And sure enough, the people of Nineveh repented. And God changed his mind concerning destroying Nineveh like he was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. So he, you think that he would have been happy that they listened to his preaching and changed their direction. But no, it picks up in Jonah chapter 4 and verse 1. Them repenting and God being merciful, exceedingly displeased Jonah. Made him angry. And then he started talking to God in prayer. He said, this is, oh, Lord, this is what I told you was going to happen. When I was in my own car, I knew you were going to be this way. Listen to this. In verse 3, he says, you know what? Just take my life away from me. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where it didn't matter if you lived or died. If you didn't care that much about your life, whether you lived or whether you've died. I've been there. And until you've ever been there, you don't understand people that have been there. I remember a while ago, for the first time in my life, I understood, I don't believe it's right, but I understood why a person could think to commit suicide. How many of y'all know you're at a real low place to think of ending your own life? Well, I remember that thought. It didn't come from me. It came from outside. Why don't you kill yourself? And my first thought after that was, why don't you kill yourself? (laughs) Thank God I I was going to a good church. Amen. That taught me the word of God and, and, and dealt with matters, you know, straightly. And it helped me understand that's not my thought. That's really the devil trying to put a thought in my mind. You know, if you take that thought, if you take the thought like, why don't I kill myself? Yeah, why don't you kill you? Man, I must be suicidal. It wasn't your fault in the first place. Jonah finds himself in a place where he'd rather die than to go through and deal with what he's going through. And God answered him and asked him a question. We won't be able to deal with it today. We'll deal with it next week. 
But he asked him a question. Is it right for you to be this angry that you just want to throw it all away? You think about it in a marriage, you can get to the place where you're so angry where you're willing to just throw it all away. Why? So the title of the message today is called Running from God's Calling. So I need somebody to take control of the computer for me. Running from God's Calling. All right. This is part two. (laughs) Amen. There's several reasons why people don't answer God's call. For those of you that might be visiting, um, we talked about God's call. God's calling everybody. The call of God is just not for people like me that go into ministry, but God is calling everybody. And we took all of last week to prove that. So I just want you to imagine that God is calling you. And indeed he is. The Bible says that many are called, but few are chosen. Amen. And we use the illustration of a cell phone. I mean, most of us have these kind of devices and we got the caller ID so we can clearly see who's calling when they're calling. Right. We may not know what they want. Amen. But we can at least see that they are calling. And my whole message last week was just to teach you from the word. The Bible says if you're saved, then you have been called by God. You might have missed the call. You might have swiped and sent the call to voicemail. Come on. You might have picked up the call, realized it was God and put God on hold. But the truth is told, the Bible says you are called by God. Say it out loud. I am called by God. Now, the word call is unique in in the New Testament. It means invited. In other words, God calling you, he's calling you. You're not calling him. There's times when we call on him. But when you call him or when he calls you, that means he wants something. Right. When you want something from somebody, you call them. Sometimes you call somebody. Well, I didn't want anything. You ever been there? Well, God never really calls you. and He didn't want anything. If you ask him, do you need anything? If you ask God that, if you if you give him that opportunity, he will start to talk to you about some things about your life that you could do or help him do. Amen. But why do so few answer the call? When God's calling my assignment today is to help you take that next step, not just knowing that God is calling you, but to show you from the word how to answer the call. Amen. But why don't people pick it up? The number one reason why few people answer God calling them is because it's an unrecognized number. You ever been there where you got a call and you didn't recognize it, especially when it's from out of state? And you're like, oh, I don't know who that is, because you were there one time where you picked it up and it was a bill collector <laughs> or somebody you didn't want to talk to. Right. And so because it's a, and, and it could be that 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 calling, that invitation that's coming in your life is God calling you. But you don't recognize that you don't recognize that it's God calling you. And it's possible. I'll show you that from the word of God. The second reason why is because of ignorant assumption. Say that with me. Ignorant assumption. Now, the Bible says, let the ignorant be ignorant still, but we're going to try to help you out. Amen. Now, the word ignorant just, you know, it's not a downplay. It just means you don't know. The Bible says that my people, God says, my people are destroyed because of what they don't know. Wow. A lack of knowledge. Amen. 
The third thing is because of selfishness. And the fourth reason why people don't pick up the call when God is calling them is because of sin. Amen? Amen. This story in 1 Samuel chapter 3 is the message that God gave me to give to you. I pray that when you leave, if you don't remember anything else about faith family or me, that you remember this story. In 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 1, there was a little boy. His name was Samuel. His mother had him supernaturally. She promised before he was born that if she would have a child, that she would give that child to the Lord, dedicate him. She took him to the temple, gave him to Eli. She had other sons. But he lived with the prophet Eli in the temple, serving God in the house of God. The boy Samuel ministered to the Lord, served the Lord with Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. It came to pass at that time, while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow dim, you ever been there watching TV and your eyes start to close? To the point where he couldn't see. And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, while Samuel was lying down, so Eli's fallen asleep, he told little Samuel to go to bed, so Samuel's laying down to go to bed. Eli's kind of falling asleep. And this is before the lamp went out in the house of the Lord. Verse 4. It was at that particular moment, listen to this, that the Lord called Samuel. And he answered, here I am. I want to go slow so you get that. Young and old, whether our teenagers that are here, our young people, our children that are in the room, because Samuel was a child when he heard the call of God in his life. I was a child when I heard the call of God in my life. Amen. So I want you to imagine, so everybody's about to fall asleep, and the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, here I am. But watch this. In the next verse, the Bible says, so he ran to Eli. So the little boy hears God call him, but he ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. And he said, I didn't call you. Lay down again. And he went down and laid to sleep. You know, I have a, a two-year-old son. He's almost three in October. And, I, and we have a one-year-old son. Uh, well, we have a, let me clarify that because that was kind of, I have a two-year-old and then we have a one-year-old. Well, <laughs> we have a two-year-old. <laughs> And we have a one-year-old, and when my son gets up at night, the, the one that can walk, well, both of them can walk now, but when the two-year-old gets up in the middle of the night, he'll run to the balcony, and he'll either call dad or, or, or mama. Um, and, you know, we'll tell him, you know, go back and lay down, or in this case, we have to go get him and put him back in the bed. So I want you to imagine that the child of Samuel hears this call. Eli's falling asleep. He says, you call me. He said, no, go back and lay down. I didn't call you. Are you all with me? Next verse. Then the Lord, what? Called yet again Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. And he answered, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Are you all getting this picture? So God called him and God called him again. I need you to understand that the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. God doesn't call you. And let's say you get a call and you, 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 you were, your phone was out in the car 
and you come back and you got a missed call from God. How many of y'all be like, oh, man, I missed a call. Come on, y'all got to help me now. You ever got a call? You're like, oh, oh, man, I missed that call. I would hate to be there. I go, go to my phone and I missed a call from God. That would be like so cool. Like God, like, wow. But notice this about God. He doesn't move on and then ask somebody else to do what he wanted you to do. You might have sent him the voicemail because you didn't recognize the number. It might have been selfishness. You might have been busy in sin and you missed the call of God in your life. But here's the thing. When you are called by God, it is without repentance. It's irrevocable. Understand this, child of God. There's nothing that you or I could do that causes God to change his mind about you. Even when you mess up and blow it big and do things you ain't got no business doing, it doesn't change. God knew your mess ups before even your daddy met your mama. (laughs) And he still has something that he wants for you to do in this life. Amen. So that call came yet again. Samuel. And he went to Eli. He said, here I am for you. Call me. Yeah, so I didn't call you, my son. Lie down again. Verse seven. Now, Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. So understand this. Again, one of the reasons few people answer God's calling is because they ignorantly assume they don't know something. He ignorantly assumed that it was Eli calling, but it wasn't Eli calling. It was God calling. Come on, somebody. He didn't yet know the Lord, but the Lord wasn't revealed in him. The Bible says this. My wife reminded me of this. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. If you're here right now, you might be in a place where you don't know what God has already prepared for you. It hasn't entered into your eyes or into your mind. The Bible goes on to say, yet he has revealed them unto us by his Holy Spirit. Well, for Samuel... It hadn't yet been revealed to him what God wanted. Amen. The next verse. The Lord called to Samuel again. Come on, somebody. A third time. Gift and calling to God without repentance. How long is it going to take you to answer God? Some of us knew to call and put God on hold. Come on, think about that for a moment. Let's let's make it real. So you're not the person that missed the call of God. You were there. You heard it. You saw it. You were like, this is God calling me. Right. And you swipe. You're like, hello. And it was God. Right. And he started talking and you was like, "Okay, hold on, God. (laughs) Give me a minute. I'll be right back to you. There's some things I got going on in my life and I ain't quite ready for this right now. So I'm going to put you on hold for a minute. (laughs) Lord called him again a third time. How long is it going to take you to do what you were born to do? To find out what he wants and then to spend the rest of your life accomplishing. So the Lord called a third time. So he rose and he, he went to Eli and he said, here I am for you did call me. And Eli then perceived after the third time that this happened that the Lord had called the boy. You are called by God. There's something he wants you to do. Verse 9. Eli did something that I'm doing today. I'm helping you, trying to help you answer God's calling in your life. 
Eli said to Samuel, go lay down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went to lay down in his place. If you want to know, it's it's simple. Just pick up the phone. Or when you hear God calling you, then say, speak, Lord. I'm here. Amen. Then lastly, in verse 10, he says, Now the Lord came and stood and called as at other times. Now this is other times. This is four times plus. He said, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak. For your servant hears. He learned how to distinguish the voice of God. So now it's not an unrecognized number. It's not an ignorant assumption. He laid selfishness aside. And I guess it's not an issue of sin. And he was able to answer the call. And God was able to use Samuel in a mighty way. And did great things. Amen? Amen. Here's the point. It's simple. Pick up the phone. Amen. You know, prayer is how you pick up the phone. Because when God calls you and you respond, by definition, communication with God is prayer. Amen. If God speaks to you during worship and you're speaking to God during worship, yeah, I know it's worship, but it's prayer by definition. So if you want to pick up the phone, the way to pick up the phone, the way to swipe, to take God's call is to spend some time in prayer. But if you want to leave him on hold, don't spend no time in prayer. Oh, I ain't getting no laughter on that. Amen. Not spending time in prayer is avoiding God's calling in your life. That means if the only time you pray during the week is when you eat, Then you are like Jonah, avoiding God talking to you about your future. Amen? Am I making this in a way that you can understand it? All right, there was a guy. Matter of fact, Jesus told a story. The kingdom of heaven is like a man that goes to a far country, and he delivered unto his servants his goods. To one he gave five talents, to another he gave two talents, to another he gave one talent. The guy that had five, he went and traded, he used, he did what he was invited to do. And when the Lord came back, he said, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. The guy that had two talents, he went, he, he, he used what God gave him or, or what, the, you know, what he was given. And, and sure enough, it became two more. But the guy that had one talent went and hid the one that he had, didn't use didn't do what he was supposed to do. And when the, the, the master came back, he said, here, take what you gave me. Realize God has given you gifts, talents, and abilities. And in the end of your life, you will have to give an account. You don't want to be like this one guy who said, God, here, I'm giving you back what you gave to me. You want to be able to be found as a good and a faithful servant. A servant does his master's bidding. What is it that God is asking you to do? It's important for you to do that in your lifetime. But understand this. If you ignorantly assume you won't use or do what God is asking you to do, just like this guy. Matter of fact, you could tell in the, in the master's response in Matthew 25 and 26, he says, but his master answered him, said, you wicked and lazy. And I, I don't want God saying that about me at the end of life. You wicked, you lazy, it's like he's going off. You wicked, you lazy and you idle. 
Notice this, though. Did you indeed know that I reap where I had not sown and gather grain where I had not winnowed? If you know anything about God, he is not one that reaps where he has not sown and gathers where he's not worked. This guy evidently ignorantly assumed that God was something or asking him to do something that he didn't understand. What is that? That's ignorant assumption. Don't let this kind of attitude where you assume wrong keep you from doing something for the Lord. Amen. Another example, of this is in Isaiah. Isaiah is a prophet of God. He was greatly used of God. In chapter 6 and verse number 1, it says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne. He was high and lifted up. The, the train of his robe filled the temple. He goes on and describes it. He talks about an angel that had six wings. That is going to be like really cool to see when we get to heaven. A being, an angel that has six wings. He said with two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. And they went around the throne saying, holy, holy, holy is the one that sits on the throne. Matter of fact, in verse four, he said, and the post of the door were shaken by the voice who cry of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. So he's literally Isaiah is seeing the very throne room of God and what goes on in God's house. And it was filled with smoke like my house. <laughs> I went back in the house to get something this morning and my, my mud room still smell like smoke. That's why I know it's biblical to smoke me. <laughs> you see, the, the whole house was filled with somebody say move on. <laughs> anyway, he's in the presence of God, seeing things and hearing things. And watch this. And verse eight, I also heard the voice of the Lord saying. In other words, he's listening in on a conversation of what's taking place in the heavenlies. And there was a question that at God, the Father, asked the Son and the Holy Spirit. And this was the question, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Well, Isaiah's present and he said, here I am. Send me. Uh, Brother Sherrill, you can come on up and get ready to play soft music. I'm, I'm about to close. I want you to imagine God calling you on the phone. Hello, this is God. <laughs> Stop playing, Bobby. <laughs> no, this really is God. <laughs> oh, really, God? Oh, I love you. I worship you. All that kind of stuff. Oh, amen. That's great. Thank you. Uh, is there anything I could do for you, God? You're calling me. Do you need anything? Anybody ever been there? You need anything, God? Yeah, well, since you ask, I've been looking for somebody to send to do something for me. There's some things I, I, I need. You don't have to do anything. Everything I've given you is without strings attached. But if you were to ask me if there was something that you could do for me, there's a few things that I have in mind for you to do. And if you answer like Isaiah, here I am. I'll do it, God. Are you all getting this today? In Jeremiah 33 and 3, 
The Bible says, not just Jesus, but God says, call to me and I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. See, that ignorant assumption is still in all of these verses. If you don't know what on earth you were born for, why you are even alive, call unto God and he will answer you. Well, I asked God one time and I didn't hear nothing. (laughs) Jesus said, ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking and it will be opened unto you. For everybody that asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. Could it be that you've been looking but haven't been looking hard enough? You ever been there where you lost something, you didn't know something, and you were looking for it? Take the time. He promises you that if you call me, I will answer you. And not only will I answer you, I'm going to show you something that you don't know about. I love how Jeremiah says it in verse 29 and 11. He says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not an evil to give you a future and a hope. God's got plans for your life if you let him. He's got good things in mind if you're interested in what he's interested in. But if you want to make your own plans of your life, if you want to decide what profession, decide what career, decide what business or, or, or where you want to live, then go ahead. You know, there's no obligation. But if you're interested in living a good life to the full until it overflows, then know that God's got some plans in mind for you. You say, but how do I get them? The next verse tells you. Knowing that I got plans for you, then you'll call upon me. And go and pray to me and I'll listen to you. How do you get those plans? How do you find out God's idea for your life? Is by going to him, calling to him, spending some time in prayer. He'll listen to you, but then watch this. And you'll also seek me and find me. But you'll seek me and find me. You say, I've been prayed, I've been around God for a long time. I still don't know what I'm called to do. Well, have you sought for him like this? He said, you'll seek me and find me when you search for me. With all of your heart. Have you gone at it with all your heart? Because he promises that if you do it this way, that he'll show you these marvelous things. Amen. I close with this last segment of scriptures. And it could be the third thing. Maybe it's not ignorant assumption from you. Maybe it's clearly not an unrecognized number because you've been around God long enough. You know that that's God. You have a good idea what he wants. Oh, man, it's getting quiet in here. It's not ignorant assumption. You know exactly what he wants. It's not an unrecognized number. But it could be number three, selfishness. In Luke chapter 9, can you identify with this? In Luke 9 and 59, he said to another, follow me. Now remember, a call of God is an invitation from God to you to do something. Jesus said to this guy, I'm inviting you to follow me. But this guy said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. 
Now, you think that would be a good idea? A loved one that's lost, you know, died and, and they need to be buried. You think that, you know, well, surely God understands that I need to get my family in a certain situation before I could serve at the church or do anything for God or to help in this situation. Notice Jesus's answer. He said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and do what I'm telling you to do. It's up to you. You're not forced to do it. But don't let selfishness keep you from answering. Who am I talking to? The call of God. There was another that said unto him, Lord, I'll follow you, uh, but, 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 but let me first go and bid them farewell at my house. If the first guy's family situation didn't get it, surely this one would, right? He was like, yeah, I want, I want to do what you want me to do, but there's some things I want to do for my family first. You know what Jesus said? He said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. In other words, if you want to put other things before God's things, then you're not fit. Don't let selfishness keep you. From finding out what God wants and pursuing it with all your heart. The last illustration is in Matthew chapter 4. Is this too many scriptures? Incidentally, if you are visiting, we are a word of faith church. We're going to make sure you get the word and we're going to fill you with the faith of God. Amen. Amen. Because that's the way life works. In Matthew chapter 4 and verse number 18. Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. They were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Here you have another situation where Jesus invited them to do something with him or for him. But their response was a little bit different. And we can learn from that rather than let selfishness keep you from answering God's call. Take this action than the other. They immediately, what? They did what? They immediately left their nets and followed him. If you feel that unction of God's calling on your life, did you know here at Faith Family Church, we have a ministry called Equip. And the, the 100% purpose of Equip is to help you fulfill the call of God on your life, whatever that is. Whether it's a call to ministry or a call in business, whether it's a call in the secular realm or in the medical industry, whatever your life purpose is, we want to equip you in accomplishing it. Somebody said, well, what's that? Well, sign up is on July 14th. All right. If you sign up by July 14th, then you'll start. If you don't, then you have to wait till next year. Are you going to put God on hold? Like, well, you know, I know God's calling me and not take the next step. They left their nets immediately. Verse 21. Going from there, he saw two other brothers, James and the son of Zebedee, and the, uh, John, his brother, in the boat of Zebedee, his father, mending their nets. And he called them and they immediately, watch this, left their boat and what? Their father. The other guys were like, let me go bury my father. Let me go take care of my family, right? So it doesn't have to be where you make excuses, but that you can say, you know what, God? I'm going to do it now. 
I'm going to find out what you want. And I'm going to develop myself. And the more I spend time in prayer and around the things of God, the more I find out his will. In Luke 14, verse 16, last example, don't be like this group. He said to, he said to a certain man, a certain man gave a supper and invited many. Now, remember, the word invite comes from the word call. Many are called, many are invited, but only few show up, right? So this is a story about being called and answering the call. Verse 17, he sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, come for all things are now ready. But they all with one accord began to do what? Make excuses. My question to you, God brought you here today. What's your excuse for not answering when God calls? What's your excuse for not doing the thing that you were put on the planet? To do. Are you going to be like these? Like the first one that said, I just bought a piece of ground and I need to go look at it. Look at it. You own it? Yeah. But I want to go look at it. Oh, really? Somebody say selfishness. I pray, I ask that you have me excuse. What in your life right now is more important than doing what God created you to do? What are you going to use? I, 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 just, I just got on to this. I can't, I can't sign up for it. Matter of fact, what is Equip Class? What, what is it? What it, tell me what it is. <laughs> it's a class. We got them here. We're going to help you fulfill the call of God. Just sign up. No, I need to know, like, tell me. Come on, like, tell me, like, what it is. Is, is there a cost to it? What does it matter? What does it matter to call? The, the cost is $75. But what does that matter? Well, how long is it? It's nine months. You come to church on Sunday morning from 9 to 10, and then you attend church, and sometimes we have class on Thursday night. But it's going to help you find and fulfill the will of God for your life. Well, I think about it. All right. You know, do your thing. Amen. I ask that you have me excuse. What's going to be your excuse? Also, another one said, I bought five yoke of oxen and I need to go test them. I pray that you ask, you'll have me excuse. Somebody say, what's your excuse? Still another said, I married a wife. He didn't even ask to be excused. He was like, I married a wife. You know, I can't come. <laughs> Is your wife? Is your car? Is your family? Is your business? going to be your excuse for Elisha instead of going to look at five yoke of oxen and test them when the call of God came on Elisha's life he immediately turned back from him took those yoke of oxen slaughtered them boiled their flesh using the oxen equipment gave it to the people and they ate and he rose and he followed Elijah and he became Elijah's servant. Would you stand up on your feet for a moment? I apologize for going over time. But I don't apologize for God. I said I don't apologize for God. He's trying to reach you. He's trying to connect with you.